What is up, what is up, and welcome back to another episode of Blood and Beer, the show where we talk blood sport and we drink beer. I'm your host, Matt, and as always, we got MMA to talk, we got beer to drink, there was boxing, bare knuckle, lots going on, UFC, Bellator, we'll get into all of it in just a second. But first, uh, let's introduce our beer. Today we have the Big Deal, from uh, it's Big Deal Brewing, made by Labatt's. Looks like it's uh, maybe a barstool drink and something related with hockey. I don't know. It's a golden ale, though. We're going to give her a shot, give her a score, and then we'll jump into all the sports action we got for you today. Um, but coming up on today's show, we're going to be recapping the UFC 282 pay-per-view that happened last night or if you're watching later this week, this past weekend, Jan Blachowicz versus Magomed Ankalaev. We're going to get recap Bellator 289 as well. Talk about some bare-knuckle fighting, and there was boxing that happened over the weekend. Some world title fights, Terrence Crawford. Um, and then we'll preview the upcoming UFC fight night for next weekend. Uh, let you know what's going on and how these matchups are going to look. Alright, foam didn't really die down on this. It is nice and golden if you're uh, watching at home. Um, we'll go ahead and try her out. It's okay. A little, a little flat for me. A little... Just not a lot of flavor. I don't know. We'll give her a five, five seven. Um, not bad, you know. Five's average, so it's a little better than average, I suppose. But just okay. But the UFC fight card, it was fucking stacked. Um, all action from the get go. It wasn't the most high name uh, fight night or UFC pay per view that they've had in a while. Kind of a letdown there. Just matchups falling apart left and right but it started off with a ton of finishes so on the early prelims we had all three fights end and finish billy billy Corintillo, billy Corintillo, he had a second round comeback knockout over alexander hernandez um he was it looked like he was about to get stopped in the first but he was able to turn the tides and uh get the knockout with some ground and pound over alexander hernandez or and then uh no, I think it was on the feet actually. Regardless, he yeah he was he was messing Hernandez up, but we also had Corey Simon. He he was in a close fight at the beginning, but ended up pulling away. Third round TKO for him, and TJ Brown had a third round submission as well. Now the prelims they were banging. Also, we had a ton of finishes on this. The first fight we had was Joaquin Buckley versus Chris Curtis. And this fight was fun as hell. Um, comes out and Joaquin Buckley, he's really poking in, um, jumping in, throwing a combo, you know, one, two, three, or um, trying to throw a high kick and move, just jumping in and out, trying to stay away from Chris Curtis' power. Curtis is using some really good defense, though. Just a high guard, blocking just about everything Buckley's throwing. Um, not very active, so Buckley's definitely winning the first round based on volume alone. But... In round two, uh, Buckley comes out. He's doing more of the same, super aggressive. And then he throws a head kick. Curtis ducks it a little bit, catches it on his shoulder, 
there's a straight left and uh, sits down Buckley. Buckley tries to get up, but he wasn't able to. Curtis pl uh, starts plastering him with ground and pound, puts him out. Uh, second round TKO for Chris Curtis. And then Edmund Shabazian, he's been on a bit of a skid. He took on Dolce Lugiambula. Um, Shabazian, he's lost his last three fights in the UFC, started off 4-0, change of camps coming into this fight, so he was looking to um, change the change the way things have been going for him. And he comes out in this fight, and he's looking great in round one, landed a ton of ton of straight, stri bleh, straight strikes, um, just real simple strikes, staying on the outside of Lugiambula, staying away from his power, um, and then he starts throwing a lot of body kicks, heat kicks up the middle to Lugiambula to soften him up. In round two, he landed a solid knee on Lugiambula and had him hurt, uh, backs him up with just a lot of pressure, flurry of punches, drops him, and then uh, the ref steps in after some heavy ground and pounds for sh from Shabazian. So that's another second round TKO that we have on the prelims there. And then for the heavyweights, we had Jarzinho, Biggie Boy, Rosenstrike. He took on Chris Dawkins. Um, both guys have been on a bit of a rough patch lately. Dawkins has lost a few by knockout in a row. And uh, Rosenstrike's just been up and down. Winning, you win, you lose, win, lose, back and forth. Can't really seem to break through that top level of UFC guys. This fight starts off and Rosenstrike comes out super aggressive, blitzing Dawkins, landing some bombs, has him really hurt right away, and lands a really hard jab. He steps in with a jab and knocks out Dawkins. Um, so he gets a 24-second knockout. I mean, this thing happened like that. I looked down and the fight was over. I had to catch it on the replay. And then in the featured prelim, we had the youngest UFC fighter ever. Raul Rosas Jr., he's 18 years old in two months. He's making his UFC debut. He fought on the Contender Series at seven, 17 years old. He took on uh, Jay Perrin. And in this fight, Rosas really showed he belonged. He, he came out there. He struck for a second, but gets a body lock on Jay Perrin. Slams him. Perrin gets back to his feet. He slams him again. Takes the back and gets the rear naked choke. It, it wasn't very long. And, um, you know, the kid's 18 years old and already getting first round finishes. He looked strong in there. Allergy season, so you'll have to excuse me. I'm a bit stuffy right now. But on to the main card. To kick things off, we had Bryce Mitchell versus Ilya Topuria. Um, two Brazilian black belts, um, two top 15 guys trying to break through to the next level, start challenging for a title or be a contender. And this fight starts off, Tapuri is throwing bombs. He's really connecting a lot at the beginning of the fight. Um, and then he starts winding up and missing a little bit. And you can see Bryce Mitchell, he's uh, he's starting to he's starting to find Tapuri a little bit with his strikes. Um, both men had some ground control time in the first round, but it was it was really um, it was really Tapuria dominating 
um, dominating the first round, I thought, with his pressure and the big shots that he was landing. Round two, they're both cracking each other. Mitchell's landing some straight shots. Um, Tapuri is just landing some bombs, looping hooks, and he lands a real good shot on uh, Bryce Mitchell, drops him to the ground, and then uh, he jumps on top of him and starts dominating the ground game. S Mitchell starts to get back to his feet, and uh, Tapuri just slams him right back down, pancakes him, and then puts him in a head and arm triangle to get the second round submission. So that was the eighth fight of the night, I think, and there were eight finishes up to this point. So this card, like I said, it was it was fun as hell. There there was a ton of finishes on it. It was a great card. The next fight was a super fun one. Also, though, we had Drakus Duplessis. He took on Darren Till, and in this fight, um, Duplessis comes out and he's a big, strong one eighty five er. He puts Till up against the fence has one hand held behind Till against the fence and starts wailing away with uh, with strikes against Till's face for about two minutes of the first round before uh, Mark Smith starts saying he's going to stop the fight. Till saying don't do it. He's not doing damage, but Till couldn't do anything to get out of it for a long time. Um, at the end of the round, uh, Till, he, he rallies. He starts cracking Duplessis a little bit. He, I think he even gets a takedown um that he or he gets the top top control at least starts landing some ground and pound to finish out the round didn't do enough to win but probably uh swung it to a 10-9 instead of a 10-8 because he was getting whooped at the beginning of that and in round two till comes out looking sharp building off that rally that he had at the end of round one um He's landing real good straight shots down the middle, staying on the outside, staying out of Duplessis range, but moving in when he wants to land his strikes. And he's hurting him, it looks like. And Duplessis looks gassed. But then Duplessis shoots a takedown. Um, Till gets up quickly, and he starts teeing off with about a minute left in the round, though. Um, Duplessis gets the takedown and is able to hold Till there. He gets in mount, and then Till gets out. The round ends with them rolling, and Duplessis has Till in a pretty nasty footlock, but um, Till doesn't tap. Round three, both guys know this round is kind of make or break for them. Um, they both each have one round. Till looks like he's starting to come back, but Duplessis, no matter how gassed he was, he was landing a solid jab in round three, really found that. and um, Then he shot a really hard takedown on Till, goes straight into the mount, and then he uh, Till kind of tries to escape. Duplessis takes his back and puts him in a neck crank. Gets the finish in round three. Um, almost to come back by Darren Till. But man, Drikus Duplessis is going to be a problem at 185. He's big and strong. And this dude, he looks like he's gassed all the time. But he did this in his Brad Tavares fight the last time out. He looked gassed in the third. But that's when he did his best work. He just... He's a beast. He's a freak, man. All right, but moving on. Next up, we had Santiago Ponzinibbio. He took on Alex Morono. Um, this fight was fun as hell. Morono stepped in on about a week's notice for Robbie Lawler. Ro uh, Lawler went out with an undisclosed injury, so they had to find a new opponent for Ponzinibbio. Um, in round one, Morono's really using his range on Ponzinibbio, just keeping him at bay, 
bouncing up and down, moving really well. And he even drops him at the end. He drops Ponzinibbio at the end of round one. Um, round two, both guys are doing work early. They're both striking. This fight stayed on the feet the whole time. Um, Morono drops Ponzinibbio again. And, I mean, he's looking great for a guy that stepped in on at the last second. He's landing some really good straight shots. Ponzinibbio just can't really find his shot on him. Um, but... Ponzinibbio is landing some good leg kicks, and he starts to hurt Morono's leg. His movement looks compromised about halfway through the second. Um, Ponzinibbio turns the pressure up at the end of round two and starts landing finally, but I didn't think it was enough to steal the round. Uh, both guys are swinging at the end of or at the start of round three though, and Morono rocks Ponzinibbio just has him hurt real bad. Ponzinibbio is backing up. He's wobbled, but he survives. He lands a huge right on Morono, and um, you can tell right away when that shot lands, Morono was hurt. Ponzinibbio blitzes, gets the finish. Um, Morono protested the stoppage, said it was early, but I think it was a pretty good stoppage. She looked out of it for a second there. So there's 10 finishes for you. We had 10 finishes in the first 10 fights. And then in the co-main event, we had Patty the Batty Pimblet. He took on Jared Gordon. This was a super close fight. Um, both these guys, the whole fight were, well, the first two rounds, I should say, they were both landing some good shots on each other. Patty was using his range, um, trying to throw hooks around the guard of Jared Gordon and uh, using a stiff jab and a straight, straight right. Whereas Gordon, he was kind of plotting forward. He'd wait for uh, Patty the Batty to take a step back, and then he was throwing a left hook that just could not miss. I mean, every time he threw this, it was cracking Patty right in the jaw. And Patty fights with his head real high up, so he's lucky he didn't get knocked out. But they're both landing a lot. I couldn't tell you who was getting the better of the exchanges. It, both rounds, first and second, could have gone either way. Um, but Gordon's face was a little fucked up at this point. Round three, um, Gordon comes out and grabs a hold of Patty right away. Holds him up against the fence for pretty much the entirety of the round. Patty's trying to throw uh, punches with his back off the fence, but not a whole lot going on. In the end, all three judges' scorecards read at 29-28 for Patty the Batty Pimblet. Um, people were screaming robbery left and right, but I just didn't see it. I thought this could have gone either way the first and second round. Um, Gordon might have had some more control time, but Patty the Batty looked like he was doing more damage in my opinion. But I don't know. Some people, a lot of people are saying it's a robbery. What do you think? Leave it in the comments. Let me know. All right. And then in the main event, um, we had Jan Blahovic, former UFC light heavyweight champion, taking on Magomed Ankalaev. This is for the vacant UFC light heavyweight championship after uh, Yuri Prohaska had to vacate it due to shoulder injury. Um, round one and two. Jan Blahovic comes out, and he's landing some good shots, some really good leg kicks. Really hurts Magomed Ankalaev's lower calf, it looks like. And it was both legs that it looked like he had hurt. Doing some real good work. Same in round three. Um, rounds four. In round four, Ankalaev gets a takedown. Uh, takes his back a little bit. Does a little bit of ground and pound, but not a whole lot of work. Round five, he comes out and gets a takedown again. Starts landing some really good... Ground and pound on Blahovich. Looked like 
could have maybe been stopped at one point, but it wasn't. Um, in the end, the judges rule it a split draw. One had it for Ankalaev, one had it for Blahovich, one had it a draw. So it's a draw. The belt stays vacant, so we still don't have a champion at uh, light heavyweight. It was really a dull fight, so I'm, I'm, I like Jan Blahovich, but I'm glad no one won the belt off of such a dull performance. Neither guy really seemed to go for it. And in the UFC, in the post-fight press conference, Dana White was asked um, what they're going to do about it. And he's already got a fight made up. It's going to be Jamal Hill versus Glover Teixeira next month in um, Brazil for the light heavyweight title. Glover was initially supposed to fight Yuri for it on this card before Yuri got hurt. So that'll be fun to see. And Jamal Hill, he's a killer, dude. Dude's a savage. He's super fun to watch. They call him Sweet Dreams because he puts you to sleep. But that's what we have for the UFC card. There was also a Bellator fight card this past weekend um, where we got to see their Bantamweight uh, Grand Prix semifinals and then a women's title fight. I'll get into that in just a second. But yeah, this was a... This was a fun a fun card, honestly. There was some good fights on the prelims. Really good knockout to kick the card off. I think the guy that got the knockout was like a plus 1,200 underdog. So um, a lot of money there. But the fights we're going to talk about are going to be the Grand Prix that they've had going on, the eight-man uh, Bantamweight tournament. And uh, then we had Liz Carmouche taking on Juliana Velasquez in a rematch for the women's strawweight title. The first fight we had in the Grand Prix semifinals, we had Patchy Mix taking on Magomed Magomedov. And um, these guys are both super high-level grapplers. And they go out there, and um, they're rolling. They're both trying to kind of get the upper hand in the ground exchange. But Patchy Mix gets uh, Magomedov in a guillotine and then takes the top control. Rolls on to, Patchy Mix rolls onto his back and uh, ends up putting... Magomedov out cold to sleep completely. He's looking great. He's been just running through this competition. So he's going on to the Grand Prix finale. And there's a $1 million prize at the end of this for the winner. Um, but the next fight we had was Liz Carmouche versus Juliana Velasquez. First fight, there was a controversial stoppage. Liz Carmouche had her in a crucifix, raining elbows down on uh, Velasquez. But they weren't really hard elbows, so the ref stopped it. Velasquez protested. A lot of people thought it shouldn't have been stopped. That's neither here nor there, because in this fight, um, Carmouche goes out and really starts dominating the ground exchange. She um, she starts landing a little bit of ground and pound, and then puts Velasquez in an armbar, leaves no doubt, gets the submission in round two, I believe it was. So she defended her title successfully for the first time, and she already had some opponents in mind. She wants uh, Bellator to open up a 135 division so she can move up and be a double champ. All right, and then in the main event, we had Rafian Stotts versus Danny Sabatello. Um, these guys have been talking shit for months. They've been um, slated to fight each other. On Twitter, they've really sold the fight well for Bellator, better than uh, any card in recent history I can remember for them. I had friends that don't even 
they watch UFC, but they don't watch Bellator. They were asking about this card, how to watch it, um, who I thought was going to win. And it was a really close fight. Um, Sabatello, really the whole fight, he's getting takedown after takedown. Um, Stotts fought him off well, and he was landing some really good strikes. But um, And he was cutting Sabatello up a little bit. Sabatello had a ton of control time. But the problem is he did not do any damage with that control time. He didn't throw any ground and pound, no strikes in the grappling exchanges. He just wrestled him. Name of the game is damage, um, and that's how they score these fights in MMA. So because he didn't do damage, Rafian Stotts ended up getting the victory. It was a split decision. Um, Sabatello was pissed, but it is what it is. got to do damage to win these fights. So... In the Bellator Grand Prix uh, finale, we're going to have Rafian Stotts, who's the interim champion. He's taking on Patchy Mix, and that's for $1 million. And then the winner will fight the actual champion, Sergio Pettis, for the undisputed belt at the end of that. That's what we have for Bellator, though. Um... There was also a BKFC card on this weekend. Like I said, it was their last card of the year, BKFC Thailand 4. Um, and this had a lot of fun fights, a lot of knockouts on the card, as they always do with BKFC. Um, they just really know how to put a card together for a sport that doesn't have a huge following yet. They're doing a great job. But one of my favorite fights that was on the card, this will be the only one I talk about today to just save a little bit of time here, but Alex Castro versus Gustav. Let me get this name right. Centermom? Centermom. I don't, I forget how it's said. But man, these dudes came out swinging. One has over 20 bare knuckle fights. The other is an 18 fight MMA veteran. They come out swinging. Um, and Castro drops Centermom real early. And then that's in round one. Then Centermom drops Castro. Setter Mom drops Castro again in the first round. Round two, the aggression continues, um, but the pace starts slowing down towards the end of the round. They're still swinging at each other hard. You know, these are bare knuckle fists just cracking each other across the face. And um, by the time we get to round four, Gustav Setterman, he Setter Mom, he still has his gas tank. Castro is looking a little gassed. Um, he gets dropped for a third time off of a good combo. Goes back at it, gets dropped for a fourth time off of a straight right, puts him right on his back. He says he can't see, um, probably just from all the damage he was taking, but the ref stops the fight. Fourth round TKO for Gustav Sedermom. Good comeback after uh, after really getting rocked at the beginning of that fight. But the whole card was amazing. There was a ton of action on it. If you have the BKFC app, or if you don't, I would download it and watch that card. It's four ninety nine a month for all their content, and it's it's worth it. They've got some pretty great cards on there. And they do a card just about every every weekend or every other weekend. All right, and then on to boxing. We had Terrence Crawford. He was in action on Saturday. He picked up a knockout in the sixth round over David. Let me get this name right. Avin Sanyan. Um, huge right hook that he lands off of after a straight left. So he gets the knockout and 
talks are still on for Errol Spence or uh, Charlo at 147 or 154. We also had Teofimo, Lo- Teofimo Lopez in action. He got a split decision victory in a real controversial fight. I didn't think either him or his opponent looked very good, but he pulls he pulls away with the split decision victory. He just hasn't looked the same ever since he beat Vasil Lomachenko. Uh, he looked great in that fight, but hasn't looked the same since. And then Chris Cyborg, um, one of the best women's MMA fighters of all time. She made her professional boxing debut, and she picked up a unanimous decision victory as well in a four-round fight. So that's what we have for the events that happened this past weekend. Now we're going to look forward to this card that's coming up this weekend, the last UFC card of the year. Last one for almost a month. The next card after this isn't until January 14th, I believe. So we're going to break this card down. It's Jared Cannonier. He's taking on Sean Strickland. And this fight card is going to be fun as hell. UFC always does a good job of putting an end-of-the-year bash on. And this is no different. They've really shown out all December. Pay-per-view is a little weak, but these fight nights have been great. So we'll jump into this. One of the fights I'm excited for that's scheduled to be on the prelims is Manal Kopp. He's taking on David Dvorak. Um, both are high-level stri- strikers. Kopp is a f- former uh, Ryzen champion. He had a little bit of a rough time when he first came to the UFC, but he's won his last two. And... This fight, I'm sure it's going to be all stand-up, and it's going to be fireworks. It's probably going to end in a knockout or just two really beaten and bloodied faces. Another fight on the card, we have Saeed Nurmagomedov taking on Sadyokub Karamanov, I believe is how it's said. Um, Saeed Nurmagomedov, no relation to Khabib Nurmagomedov, fights nothing like him, but man, this guy's exciting. He throws lightning-fast kicks. A lot of spinning back kicks, wheel kicks, um, just super fast. He throws kicks like punches, and just he he's a beast. He's not someone you're going to want to miss. Um, from everything I've heard, Karamanov is a beast also, but Nurmagomedov, he looked special in his last time out. So those are, those are, um, those are two prelims that I'm looking forward to. On the main card, as it stands right now, we have David Dober. David. Drew Dober. <laughs> He's taking on Bobby Green. And these guys are just exciting fighters. Love to show out for the fans. Um, Bobby Green loves to stand up, loves to box. Drew Dober will indulge in that every day of the week just to put on for the fans. I think this fight's going to be an awesome stand-up war. And um, they're going to put on fight of the night, I think. The next fight is Alex Carceres versus Julian Arosa. Um, Arosa's been putting on great fights recently, just absolute wars, going all out. He'll let you hit him, and he'll swing right back. He's just looked amazing, really elevates to his opponent. Um, put on fight of the year, I think, at the beginning of this year versus Jordan Peterson. Um, and Carceres, he's a beast too. I mean, he's a good grappler, just an awkward matchup, awkward strikes, hard to deal with, really creative fighter. I think this is going to be a war also. This whole card, just really good matchmaking, I think. And then we have Armin Sarukian versus Damir Ismagulov. Um, Ismagulov's a great striker, kind of a kickboxer style fighter. And Sarukian, he's a great striker as well, but he's just a really well-rounded fighter. Great wrestling. 
Um, it's going to be a fun fight also. I think Ismagulov, even though he's unranked and Sarukian is, he's uh, he's favored in to win, I believe. But this this fight really could go either way. I just think Sarukian's going to use his wrestling to dominate this fight. But Ismagulov's got good takedown defense, and he's only lost one fight. So this really could go either way. Like I said, just great matchmaking on this card. And then the final fight that we have is Jared Cannonier taking on Sean Strickland. Um, this fight's just going to be amazing. I'm telling you what. Sean Strickland, he just walks forward, pressure fights you, loves to box. He throws kicks also, but he just really, he'll walk through your punches. He's got a brick jaw in this. He's fighting Alex Pereira. He's taking on Jared Cannonier, a great kickboxer. He's got good wrestling, but he hates to wrestle. He throws bombs, real powerful shots. He has really good kicks, just real fast, and he's a, He's good at moving out of the way of strikes. He's really improved his movement over his last couple of fights. This fight's going to be fun as hell, I think. I think we're going to see Cannon Yale and some big shots, but I think that we're also going to see Strickland wear on him and just kind of pressure him down. I'm thinking TKO in the fourth by one of these guys, but I don't know who it's going to be. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Matt with Blood and Beer. This is all I got for you today.